You're listening to the After The Show podcast, the weekly movie review show from your friends at ascully.com. So, Sid Talk, did you have a good holiday? Holiday? You've had you a mean holi- my weekend? You've had a holiday from work two weeks? Yes. Was that a good holiday? Well, I wouldn't say I had a good holiday two weeks off work. The first two days I took off was for a family funeral. So it wasn't exactly like, woo, I'm taking off work. Correct. So that wasn't nice. Other You're probably than... going to talk about what you did on your holiday in your bit. Yes, though, of course. I... Then seeing my, seeing some family was nice for the funeral part. But then, yeah, I'll talk about the rest if you want to be honest, our before the after show discussion, which is what you're getting at, we're trying to ignore, was when we were talking about Microsoft Office. Yeah, so and, we, like and we talked about really boring. in our last podcast. We talked about Windows 8 or something at the beginning, <laughs> and then uh, I don't even remember. I do. We talked about Windows, some Windows thing, and you know, we had a computer issue this week where we, mm-hmm. I had to reformat your computer. And generally, computer talk occurs in this room because we sat on computers, so. It might That's be really boring. I think it's boring. All right, so it is Saturday, September the 15th, 2012. It feels like ages ago since we did After the Show to me. Mm-hmm. But it's not, because we did it... Because the, the listeners have had it every week, right? But it feels like a long time ago. What Just, did we do last? Snow White and the Huntsman. Mm-hmm. And it was last week, wasn't it? Last Wednesday, though. Right, Instead that's of why it feels Saturday. Long. Yeah. So, um, this is after the show number 241, the weekly movie podcast where we review a movie, uh, one of the latest Blu-ray releases, um, and talk about it. And this week's movie is a uh, new Blu-ray release for this week, and it is the long-eagerly-awaited Titanic. And this is the what we're going to look at this week. It, it's the limited 3D edition but it includes the 3D edition and the 2D edition and a bunch of extras. So it's the big deal. Did I get my makeup cleared up? Yes. You said I looked like I'd been fell down and banged my eye because my makeup was running because I was crying during Watching this Titanic. little movie. <laughs> little movie is this little movie. understated. So, um, yeah, this is the Titanic limited 3D edition. And uh, this is a movie from 1997. I'm sure none of you have heard of Titanic. Um it, it didn't make much money. It was very indie. Only opened on a couple of screens. Oh, you're being funny. Um, but the home video release uh, is the 11th of... In fact, this is interesting. It was supposed to come out on September the 11th. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paramount moved it at the last minute to September the 10th. Because a, a disaster movie on September the 11th seems... Yeah. Well, you don't know. What was their actual reason? That was the reason. They said that was the reason? Yes. They had, like, a press release or something? Uh, I don't know if there was a press release, but that's what I write on all the home video sites, what I go to. Right, so you don't know for sure if that was why? That was why. It, it wouldn't be everywhere. CNN, the whole lot, for no reason, right? Or would it? I don't know. I just, I like to get it from the source. Right. Well, um, anyway. Truth or not, you, you may they not think the it's date. the truth. Uh, they moved the date because of that. According to the news, could be true, could not be. Um, How about something more sinister? Like, if we release it on this day, everyone's going to be paying attention to something else and we won't make as much money. I don't think you so. You want to make it horrible. <laughs> um, and uh, But yeah, I noticed, because on you know Tuesday is uh, Blu-ray and DVD release day, 
And I did notice on the review schedule, not the review schedule, the release schedule for um, September the 11th, which happens to be the Remembrance Day, airplane and airport 77. So that is somebody rude. wasn't paying attention. That is that rude. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is a PG-13. It's from our friends at Paramount. There isn't a tagline. Um, or is there a tagline? No. There isn't a tagline to Titanic. It doesn't need one, does it? Titanic is the tagline. And um, Sid Talk will give us a synopsis of this movie. And uh, spoilers in this movie. I'm sure you all know the story of the Titanic. It's impossible to spoil this movie. Yeah. It's kind of impossible to tell you in a synopsis. So I think we'll just leave it at that. It's Titanic. It's Titanic. You can give it to them the way Cameron sold it to the studio. What did he say? He said it was Romeo and Juliet on the Titanic. On the Titanic. There you go. Which is what it, basically what it is. Good sell, uh, mm-hmm. James. Um, so, Titanic. Let's uh, talk about first our history with Titanic. Not the history of Titanic. Our history Your with first time of viewing it. I went to see it on opening night, 1997. Um with a friend of mine who's really into ships. So it was the obvious movie. He wanted to see a movie. It had a big ship in it. And he was, like, you know, fascinated mm-hmm. with history of ships. Uh, and I was, again, it hasn't not happened to me. Any movie that James Cameron makes, and I go to the theatre to see it, I am blown away by it. Now, I've heard people... I just want to put this out there. You're interrupting your own system here. <laughs> yeah. I just want to put this out there this week. Um, a lot of people... You're scolding people. Yeah. A lot of people are down on this movie. Like they are with Avatar as well. It seems to be cool not to like it. Um, and, and James Cameron even addressed it mm-hmm. in the extras of this. Like men who thought... Yeah. really enjoyed it at the time then turn around and say oh it's a chick flick eventually it just seems to be cool there seems to be cliques of people who like to diss something that's super popular like even if they did enjoy it all of a sudden they turn around and Titanic's a victim of this I think it didn't hurt it in any way uh, because you know obviously it made two billion dollars but I just hate the why don't you just enjoy something? Like, don't you're not a sissy if you like it. Or I hate that. You know, I love this. It's like a really romantic love story with the Titanic as a backdrop, right? Some people could say, "Well, that's just poo-pooing on the actual Titanic." Well, no, because it's a movie and it does pay respect to the real event, also, with a love story in the midst of it. Exactly what James Cameron said it is: Romeo and Juliet with the Titanic as a backdrop. So. All these people who are just like, it's a load of garbage, uh, you know. I totally disagree, and I hate people coming from that point of view where it's just so popular and so many people like it, I don't. Even if they do. Because I know yeah. that most people could find... An, I don't say enjoyment. Well, yeah, there is enjoyment in this movie. I think the first half of the movie is really enjoyable. It, it gets to you. It's got a human side to it. And then when the shit hits the fan or the boat hits the iceberg so to speak it's also a it's also a human drama but it's a very dark it goes you know very dark and some people can't handle that part you know because it is a film of two halves right it's 
all lovey-dovey and uh, sentimental and you know tugging at your heartstrings and then it tugs at your heartstrings in the completely opposite way right now I like that I think the contrast of it is amazing a guy on the extras talks about how the American Film Institute uses it as a um, they study it you know it's one of the movies that's yeah I mean they're come on you can go little too in depth with it but you can but I I stand to this day and I watched it in 1997 when it came out and I've watched it many times since and again today on Blu-ray um, I think it's an absolute classic movie. It's a Hollywood classic. I would put it down, you know, down there with other Hollywood classics that we all consider classics. It's just going to stand the test of time. It's a story. It's a real event. It's a groundbreaking movie technically for its for the time and everything. It even stands the test of time to me technically. I don't feel like a, it's a 15-year-old movie. It doesn't feel that way to me. It mm-hmm. feels like a movie, a recent movie. It's hard to believe it's been 15 years. It really is, you know, and, and they've done a great job of restoring this movie and making the surround sound even better than you remember it. Um, so I think it's a pure classic. I don't... I hate to hate see these people, people. I've seen people this week say, oh, that was the low point of James Cameron's career. And, and I read this shit, and I'm like... You make something better than than Titanic, you know. Look well, at, just because you're not making a movie doesn't mean you can't dislike it. But no, I, I know that there are people who, from their other tastes, well, there are going to be people who watched it and thought it was shit the first time. They yeah, but it these from the people I'm referring it. to, which I'm not naming, I know that they either enjoyed it at the time or you know got something out of it, but then went along with that herd of. Oh, Titanic, it's just a girl's film, or, you know, that. Um, so, yeah, I hate that shit. So, I love Titanic, and I have since the beginning, and it's still... It's a classic. It's this. You cannot co- not say it's a classic, because it is. It's a Hollywood... How many Oscars did it win? 11 Oscars. Oh, I don't know. I think it won 11 Oscars. It um, was the first film to make $2 billion, Um James Cameron, you know, groundbreaking all the time, always. Um, and you know, I, I love it. I can't say enough about it. I watched it again today, and I love it. It's so it's superbly crafted. It's like I'm not. It's three and a half hours, and I'm never bored of it. No, no, no. There's it, never a minute when it I'm doesn't feel like. like three let's and a half. get on with it. Like never no, a time. It doesn't feel like three and a half hours. It's really well paced, I think, because. Because it's three and a half hours, you get an hour and a half, which is the length of an average movie, just to establish the characters, which I think is really good and makes the movie more powerful ultimately. Because some movies, if it was just a two-hour movie, it would be a different... For example, last week, we watched Snow White and the Huntsman. Snow White never was developed in the whole entire course of the movie. No. As a person that you care about, or that you are interested, you know, as, like, watching a fictional story that you're, like, invested in what happens to her or that you're rooting for her or any... Me, anyway. Because they left it out. They left out all those little grimy details of a person. Like... Now, the only thing I don't... There are two things I don't like about Titanic is the overly archetypal bad guy, Billy Zane guy, and his little sidekick, dude. That's just too much... I can handle the really bitchy, richy mom because I can imagine that I've known people so consumed with 
money and class and stuff, even in my life, that it that would be the way it would go down. Like, sell your daughter out for money or whatever kind of thing. But Billy Zane's character, even though I think he does it right, I've felt that's like the weakest thing. Because he's just too much of the asshole too much of the exact... Because, like, Rose is what she is. She's trapped, and, yeah, you don't have any sympathy... I have no sympathy for her, because she can be as rich as she wants to be and then live her life and then just go along with the richness. But then I kind of get the other side of her. As you go along, I can feel she lets go, and I'm like, okay, I can see she doesn't... She doesn't deserve to be in that trap. So I kind of like her after a little while. Not love her. I don't... Even the first time I watched it, I can honestly say I didn't care if she lived or died. I, it didn't wouldn't have bothered me if she had frozen on the bo- on the door. Wouldn't have bothered me at all. Um, Jack is what he is like a. He wasn't too much of the free spirit, and he wasn't too much of the like little laddie kind of guy, just kind of hopping around the world. He just seemed neutral, and, a, you know, the kind of I don't know. I never I never was bothered by his character. I never felt too much of free spirit or whereas the Billy Zane thing just just too much and because it was throughout the whole movie each of his incidents with her it was just a little too it was more heavy handed really very heavy handed yeah heavy handed and kind of and I can see why as a person who's looking for something to dislike all of a sudden you go oh god yeah oh okay little rich bitch jerky guy snobby mother free-spirited, handsome guy comes along and sweeps her off her feet. What a load of bullshit. I totally get it. Because that is. It sounds like a lame story. But when you... And and I understand completely about the people who say, why do you have to put a fictional story on top of a real event? I don't think is necessary. There had to be real people on that ship who would have made a fantastic story. So I don't get the thing of, well, it's a movie, it's Hollywood, let's just... I don't... I think it could have been as good if you had taken some real people and It would just have been different. Their... Of course, I'm just saying you didn't. And have there are to other go... films like that. I understand, but you could have made this one. Yeah, I wouldn't. Without the fictional people and found dynamic love story that was just as compelling and just as heart wrenching. There had to be. There were 1,500 people who died. In those 1,500 people, there had to be heart wrenching stories. And a lot of those stories are in this movie. Um, well, very superficially. Yeah, he... Like, like very base the people on the people from the, you know. Right, but that's what I'm talking about. I understand people who complain about the fictional thing on top of the real thing. Yeah. I don't. Because it's, to me, my point of view is it's a movie. It's another, it's not like When you action. can make a movie about another ship. Make a sh- movie in a, you know, Well, in no, because we're all fascinated with the Titanic. I know, so I'm saying, then make it about the people on the Titanic. I'm just telling you that I understand the argument. Right. Why add fiction on top of reality? Because it's a movie. No, because he wants to. It's not because right. it's a movie. Other movies try to depict real-life events as accurately as possible. Right, and then it would be, a, as you know, a different kind of movie, wouldn't it? You still could have made this movie almost exactly the way it is by using real people and just followed their the t- their time on the ship. I if don't you could think get their, story, their whole stories, yeah, if you could get the whole stories. But this story is obviously an exaggerated kind of, or even take some real people and exaggerate their story. But I actually like this story that he wrote, and I, I don't think it's lame. I think it's a really nice love story. 
it's 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 like he says, like it's like a Romeo and Juliet. It's it's not the love story itself is on a quality of like a a Shakespeare love story. It really is. Oh, I disagree. I don't completely. mean the dialogue. I know. I mean, I no, mean no. just the characters. Like, I disagree. The way but... it is wrote, you know, like the bad guy, the star-crossed. Right, it's really basic. The star- it's, yeah, well, Shakespeare, well, Shakespeare's plays were also yeah. quite basic, but people wouldn't ever say anything about those, you know. I would. I would say. Two people who aren't supposed to fall in love and their families hate each other. That's pretty basic. Which is what Romeo and Juliet <laughs> Exactly. Is. That's what I'm saying. It's not a fantastic story at all. It's just that it's No, put I think together. it's really well put together, though. Yes, I, I, put together I, well. As a love story goes, and with the class divide and all that stuff, which works perfectly with the boat, obviously. Mm-hmm. Ship. It, um, to me, it works really well. I, um, I haven't got anything bad to say about it. I think... It's incredible. Uh, even I've seen the extras, how they actually built. I know. You know, like now, they would build a couple of sets and do green CGI screen everything. everything. Then, because it was right at the fore beginning of... Uh, it was, like like they said in the extras, it was one of the last movies to actually... Where they would actually go all out and build a full thing. Because now you don't need to, right? They just build, like, the, a few sets and make the, C, the ship mm-hmm. completely CG. Um so the effort that that it, it, it it's well we saw the effort it took because we saw a time lapse of yeah. um, of it being built. But we still haven't found out what happened to it. The effort of how it looks on screen every single second of the whole thing. Opulent. Yeah. Luxurious. Even the even the beginning parts, the Bill Paxton bits. It's just really. Yeah, I feel the money on the screen. Like it, I feel like it, they got the money's worth. If it costs two hundred, it costs two hundred million dollars to make, which these days most movies cost that much. I'm not even equate qu- that kind of quality with money. I equate it with people who are devoted. Everyone from the set design person to the artist to the whoever the the team was who, for example, made. The ro- the older Rose's home set, you know, where it's like home and it's full of artifacts and all kinds of eclectic things. There's a group of people, probably a head designer and then her, her his or her team. They care enough about how it's going to look and the, that it's a, a re- that it's really reflective of this woman's life that she's lived for the last eighty four years and all this kind of stuff. That they really think about it and they care. That every everywhere you're, if you've t- paused and looked at every corner of the frame, you're looking at a person's life. On another movie that spent four hundred million dollars, where people didn't give a shit, they just thought, "Well, let's make an old lady's house, put some stuff around." I don't think it equals money to me. I think I feel like throughout the whole movie, it's a team of people who, first of all, are definitely working under a very demanding boss. I think James Cameron is probably, someone even said he's a general, and I think he's probably really, really demanding, right? So that's number one. Number two, I feel like he infuses in them this like, look, we're making something important, and then they care about it. So to me, that's what I'm watching, is like people on every little detail have put their whole thing I into almost it. think visually, um, well for me, it's it's just perfect. It's like everything about it, like them them going on the ship, them them taking the time to show you around the ship at the beginning and showing you how the captain is so proud of the ship. Yeah. And, 
you know, I feel all of that. Like it, you know, and that's what a long running time can do for a film, I think, because I felt like I was on the journey. And, you know, they do, there is a whole portion of the beginning of the movie that, you know, it's slow build up. I never feel that this movie is slow, though. Like I said, Mm-mm. it feels it's, it's the longest one of the longest movies we've ever watched, right? But it never feels yeah. like it. Um, so I just think the pacing's great because just as you like, you know, with some movies you might be oh, I'm a bit a bit uninterested. Well, then it it winds up a little bit or winds down in this case in some places just before it winds up, you know. So I really like his pacing. I think he did it in Avatar as well. The same thing. It, it's a long movie, and I never felt, wow, this is uh, getting yeah. a bit slow, or I'm bored of this part, or get on to the next bit. I never feel like that with these movies. Even when you watch it again, you don't, there a lot of movies I've watched many times, I'll get to parts where I'm like, okay, let's get, I know this conversation, but I haven't seen Titanic enough times, so I might have seen it ten times total in the whole, maybe portions on TV if you're flicking around, but... I don't even know if I've watched it that many, to be honest. Like, solid, sat down, like, today and watched it. But there's never any portions of it where I can just check out for a couple of minutes or go pee without pausing. You know what I mean? Like, those kinds of moments. And I really... Yeah. Now, I, if I would saw it 500 times, maybe, but... Well, I really, like... I love the sappy moments in this movie. Where the, where the people would roll their eyes and say, Oh, my God, what's going on here? Which one, for example? For instance, where he's... Saying like, close your eyes and put your arms out. Oh yeah, I love those. Mo- they, they <laughs> you know, it's 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 cheesy as shit. And he uses the music to infuse something in you, right? I mean, you know, it builds up and swells. It. If you love those moments, honey. Why don't you ever put me on the front of a ship and tell me to close my eyes and do all those kind of romantic <laughs> that's the, things? That's just copying. Something else like that, hugely <laughs> romantic. I'll stick you on the front of a ship. <laughs> <laughs> see, see. It's not real, is it? No, but I do. I like the sappy moments in the in this movie, and there are many, you know. But I feel the love story between them. I think it's a well crafted love story, and let's let's go on to the cast because uh, that's primarily why this yeah. works so well. I think so. Leonardo DiCaprio is Jack Dawson. I've always said he's one of my favorite actors. I think he's one of America's great actors. I think he will be remembered as that. Um, I think some people underrate him a lot he suffers from the same syndrome that people will go ugh Leonardo DiCaprio but go and look at Leonardo DiCaprio's um, like portfolio of stuff and tell me that he doesn't he's very varied in what he does I mean he did J. Edgar recently which was incredible minus the makeup but yeah um, but his performance you know he doesn't pick the safe option I don't think you know he he did the aviator and you know he Catch me if you can. He's, I think he's a really great actor. And this, I mean, what old was he? Nineteen. Think so. Never. Nineteen or twenty. Never really done a. I mean, it's his first movie. No. It wasn't. He oh, already no, it wasn't done this boy's life and Gilbert life. Grape and yeah, several actually. Yeah. Um, but first, well, anybody's first movie of this scale, right? I mean, there wasn't a movie of this scale until this movie, really. Mm, some would argue that that's not correct. Wizard of Oz. And uh, the, oh my god, what's it called? Tara and Gone with the Wind. That those were on this kind of scale. Ooh, talking of Gone with the Wind. (laughs) This is a horrible thought. Well, not a horrible piece of news I read today. Oh, don't poison the movie. David Hasselhoff is buying the rights to Gone with the Wind, or trying to get the rights to it. 
to make the new remake. Don't With make what a, company? I don't know. It was just David Hasselhoff attached to Gone. Just don't make Gone with the Wind again. No. 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 There's Gone with the Wind. Someday someone will make Titanic again. With Rose and Jack. Yeah, no need. You know what I mean? In 50 years, someone <laughs> will say, oh, let's take that movie and redo it. Let's take that movie this. Yeah, and let's, what, make it look better or something? I don't know. <laughs> no, don't do that. Because it doesn't need to be done, obviously. Um, so, yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio in this movie... Like in any movie, I'm impressed by him all the time. Always impressed. It's not Leonardo DiCaprio I'm watching. And some people say, oh, well, I can't get over it, the fact that it's... I Leonardo. can't either. I can't. I can't. Stop. I can't. I'm, I'm watching Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Winslet. I'm watching all the famous people. I'm, they've never broke through to me on this movie, ever, in the few times I've watched it. I am focused on them being those real people. So I don't believe what they think, that they transcend their fame, because... Or whatever. I still think I'm watching. There's something about this movie, though. (laughs) And it's a secret sauce of some kind (laughs) that makes it different to other movies. You just love it. You don't have a tangible thing about it. No, I can't even put my finger on it. It makes it different to it. It makes it... It's a higher level than... Not not just technically and all that. Something about it. I can re-watch it. You know? It's not even a... It's not even... I can't say I have fun watching it. I do. But obviously it's a horrible thing that you're watching. But the way it's presented... And yes, I'm kind of depressed. But then I'm not in another moment. It's a, a full range of stuff. Yeah. Like, and, and I enjoy everybody in it. You know. So uh, Kate Winslet is perfect choice. Um, I, I've loved her since Heavenly Creatures, when, which was the first movie that she did. Yeah. Um, and she was, she was very young. Also. 19. Which is ridiculous for the, what she did on here. Like, yeah. To just, oh, this new actress who did Heavenly Creatures, which obviously shows that she's awesome because that movie is awesome, and then does this. It's unbelievable, isn't it? You know, it's, and she is amazing in it. She really is. When you watch every frame, it can seem a little bit actressy at the few moments of it when it seems a bit, but then, like the beginning, but in the movie. They explained that she was an actress like, yes, when she was a young girl. So there's a certain air of like, ugh, to yeah. her. And then it starts to slowly go away as she lets go. Because if you think, well, she was an actress. And part of her acting was to be able to put up with this snobby, yeah, chained life. And now as you cut away all that, she's like becoming herself. So I liked her better as it went on, obviously. But I always like her. Yeah. I always, always. That opening shot where she gets out and the very famous shot where she... It, I, she she's got me from there. Because like, <laughs> I know, like, you know. Wow. I, I see her there and then I see her on that raft at the end. I can see those two. And that's such a... The character has changed so much from there to there. And she's... It's because of her, isn't it? You know, she's... She's a hero. She's... You know... In... She, she's not a damsel in distress because she really isn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, she is at one point. She's got a low point in her life at one point. Yes. And she kind of is a damsel. But no, it's a twist on a damsel in distress because she's kind of in control all the time anyway, right? So I really, I just I love her performance good. Billy Zane as uh, Caldon Hockley. And I agree that... I really like him, don't get me wrong, in this movie. But it's very... It's like vaudevillian. Yes. That's, that's a good way to put it. I don't know it. if that's what he wanted... Like, you know, like, let's be really over the top with this guy, because he's so bad you're going to really want to hate him. I think so. 
You know, because you have to have that spice there, don't you? And like every very... single thing that comes out of his mouth, you just want to slap him. Like always, everything. He's always a. It's a backhand. So in the little tiny moments when he starts to loosen up, like when he's convincing Leo not to go with her, right? Or convincing her to go, and so you know he's trying to save her. Even then, you always know it's to benefit it's... him. Absolutely. Like even when he picks a. So kid. I guess that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But it's like, too... Yeah, it's like the... <laughs> like the guy yeah. twisting his mustache. Keystone Cops yeah. or something. Yeah, no, that, like the... That's what it reminds me of. Yeah. Dastardly... You know, like... Yes, dastardly. I'm going to get you, um, young Jack. You now, know? that's not to say that there probably are not really wretched people. And they might base some of their characters on people they've known, you know, like... But... But it's quite, it's quite it cartoon. Jumps out it's quite cartoonish. Yeah. And, um... Nobody else is. Precisely. Just him, like. And maybe his henchman is a little bit. A little bit. Um, then we got Kathy Bates as Molly Brown. Now, I'm not a massive fan of Kathy Bates, but in this movie, I think she really... Because she doesn't, like, go overboard with Mm-mm. it. And I, I believe the lady. I, like, I, you know, she's... It's she's a, distinct, a real person. A real person. And it's a distinct type of lady, and she always... She doesn't take no shit. And she says it how it is. She kind of bridges the gap, obviously, between the first class and him. Because yeah, she's, she's in the middle. She is poor. She's trying. She became to be rich. rich. You know, I mean, she's trying to fit in with these rich people. But she does. Which, they yeah. just don't like her. But she's there. Because she's a bit mouthy. And but like, she gets the uh, yeah. But I really like her performance in this. I think it's it's even though it's like an out. She does a little over, a little too cheeky at times. But you know, I see. I find a, I find it. Because Kathy Bates can go very loud and um, yes. outrageous. And I find, even though this character is slightly outrageous for the situation she's in, I find she... I feel like she's reining it in slightly. Like, Has anyone ever made a movie that makes the world as if the Titanic had not sunk? Or written a book? You know, people have written books where, like, JFK didn't get shot and Abraham Lincoln didn't get shot. You know, whole books of, like, how history would be, like, fictional, but a serious look at what could have happened. Has anyone that I know, I was going to look it up before I asked, but I just well, wondered. the other famous Because there are very famous people on that ship who died. person who started Guggenheim, and there were, like, really wealthy, hugely famous people that you don't know now, but at the time they were really big-time famous people. The other famous Titanic movies are the Clive Cussler ones, but it's not what you, not that they made a movie out of them. the real. Ti- I mean, movies where the Titanic doesn't sink. Right, but I'm just saying there are some. There, there are. There's this alternate. Well, it's not alternate. There's uh, the the Clive Cussler books, Raise the Titanic, and they made a movie of Raise the Titanic, and that's where they pull it out. You remember that mm-hmm. one where they pull the, it? the balloons on it or whatever? Yeah, it was um, a TV movie. No, it was an actual movie movie. Hmm. Um, I think there was two of them even. There's two books, I know that. Um, and I know that's not an alternate timeline. I'm sure somebody mm-hmm. has wrote something or done something with that, right? Why not? Like it's. But yeah, I remember Raise the Titanic and I really enjoyed it because the, there was Titanic, you know, Night to Remember and uh, there was another Titanic movie or TV miniseries in the 80s mm-hmm. and uh, I loved anything Titanic. It was one of the... And that, Raise the Titanic was really interesting to me. Oh, wow, we're going to see the Titanic. You know, but it wasn't it wasn't great that movie because you didn't right. You saw a ship come up and it was really grand and everything, but it didn't look like the Titanic to me or how I thought it looked. Probably was really bad as well. Special it probably effects. was really bad, yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so we've got Kathy Bates, we've got Bill Paxton as Brock Lovett, and he plays the, you know, this movie flits back and forth in time, using uh, Rose, older Rose, as the... Um, He's my least favourite thing in the whole movie. Who, He's, older Rose, or him? Him. He's just really, ugh. like, his character's kind of nothing, he's just the bridge. You know what I mean? And I just felt like he was a little bit too... He was almost cartoony-ish. Like, this ambitious, greedy... He likes those um, characters. Um, what else has he been? Mr. Cameron. Oh, Cameron. Yeah. He likes those characters. Like uh, Giovanni Ribisi yeah. in um, Avatar. The sleazy people. Or even in Aliens... Yep, Paul Reiser. Paul Reiser. He likes those characters, doesn't he? I think he likes a bad guy. Like, like to exaggerate a bad guy. Yeah. It, that's what it seems to to me. And uh, obviously James Cameron doesn't feel like he's going over the top. But all those characters are over the top. They're very, yeah, like I said, that archetype of... And you expect them, kind of thing, to crop up in Cameron's movies. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when Giovanni Ribisi's playing... Is, so basically, is, he's just telling the same stories over and over. We've got the love story, the, the forbidden love version. story. We've got the the greedy corporation or the greedy guy wanting something and in the process are going to destroy something else. That's, That's Aliens important. and uh, Avatar, right? Uh-huh. So, yeah. And this greedy guy doesn't care anything about the Titanic at all. He wants to find this diamond necklace and make right. a load of money. He doesn't give a shit about... Spoiler, that's another thing I love about this movie. That how cheeky Rose actually is inside, like... Right. You know, even... Even as an old lady. <laughs> yeah. Like, like the... You know, I'm at the end of my life. I'm 101. One. It's probably not going to go on much longer, so... F everybody else. <laughs> I had a good time, like you know, even though I was on this horrible thing. And her, when she hears this, she's like, "That's where I need to go." Yeah, and finish my. my so time. I really like that, and that alternate ending that they show. Because some would so. argue, in a very overly analytical way, that her life began on the Titanic, and then when she goes back out there, and then she dies, that she's done. She's, you know, her life started and ended there. Yeah. Um, and that lady who I didn't write a name. Glory down, Stewart. She died um, just recently. Not recently. Was it not a couple of years ago? No. Somebody died a couple of years ago who was in Titanic. Uh, it was a while ago. And she won an Academy Award, did she not? Yes. Or did she get nominated? Well, it, won, won. it won 11 awards, so I'm staking a claim on she probably did. Um, and then I finally had put down Bernard Hill, who I really like, a uh, British actor, who plays the captain, Captain Smith. Mm. Um, he's very famous on British TV back in the 70s and 80s. Um but I think he's perfect as that captain. And I love that moment where he just has to go back into the... Yeah. Oh, I was going to tell you that when we went to see the... Which is part of my... So I'll mention now that we went to the Titanic exhibit at the Yeah, Union this Station. is pretty relevant because yes. you just... Um, I know we went to Kansas City and we're going to Union's... We were going on the train, so we're going to be at Union Station. At Union Station, they have the huge exhibit place where they put on different exhibits throughout the year. And right now... The day we were there was the last day of the Titanic exhibit. And during in that, there are actual things that were on the Titanic that have been brought up. They're in glass cases. And as you walk through, they kind of take you on the journey from... Like, it's a really super dark room, I'm assuming, to preserve a lot of the items. So it's really dark. And each little item is sort of highlighted. And they have projected text on the wall in different places. Just white words projected onto walls in different spots that kind of start to tell you... You know, really big, and it, you just walk through kind of on... You can do an audio thing, but we didn't. And it just says, like, 
it tells you from the moment the idea was conceived and who conceived the idea and like things on the walls everywhere to read about every person that was, you know, kind of highlighted who invent, you know, thought of it and put the money into it. And the guy who designed it, this Andrews guy and his team and all that kind of stuff. And going through it, there's one little section where they've built a room that's exactly this, the room where the, um, the thing is the wheel, the you kitchen, know, the cup. Yeah, not the one where he room. ends up closing the door to himself, but the one right out, right beyond right. that, where he looks in there first. And it's just got like some, some pieces of equipment, and it's got like it's all white. Well, they build a thing that's that exact replica. So you're in it, and it just shows the windows. It has a little explanation that, that the windows were all black, like you can't see anything. And they say, in reality, you cannot see anything outside the windows unless there are loads of lights outside the ship. And it, up till that point. They weren't required to have lights or or um, like um, floodlights or whatever outside of the ship, and that after the Titanic, they had hearings around the world that made it then, you know, standard to have lights. But this was how it looked if you were actually standing in the captain's court. You could see nothing. It was just like right. this murky, weird. They kind of made it look like a weird little illusion of. Which is definitely really. Yeah, very... Design that. And that the fact of the matter was the Titanic was behind schedule up to the point and they wanted to get going so quickly that they did not get their shipment of binoculars on the ship so that the guys up on the bird's nest that we see, they don't have binoculars. And they make a little comment about do, it. On the but movie. the truth was they didn't get them on the ship in on time. On the movie, so he, they says, had none. he says, where are the binoculars? And, he, and the guy says, I haven't seen them since Southampton. That might be it. That's where they were supposed to get on or whatever. I'm not sure where, but they didn't make it on I mean, it's it a very ship. throwaway thing. In right. Movie. And that was one of the things that caused, you know, obviously controversy. There were big hearings afterwards and stuff. But going through the whole thing, they also have one area where they've made the doorway one of those bulkhead doors that you see shutting in the movie. So it's like the true-to-life scale and right. the, the way it's built. And then it looks like it's starting to come down as you walk through it. And the whole time, because you're like in the ba- bottom of the ship with the cargo, and they have like mock bags of mail. I didn't even know. What, do you know what RMS stands for? RMS. Mm-hmm. It's Royal RMS Mail t- Service. Right now, you know, you think why would it be called the Royal Mail Service Titanic? But that's what all ships of that. That's what the purpose of the original kind I mean, of ships were. Ship. Right. And that's why there was loads of mail on the ship, and that some of the men were responsible for the mail were, as the water was filling, were desperately trying to save people's mail, that they went down with the ship. But that was part of people's remembering afterwards, you know, interviewing people. Because the mail service was interviewed and, like, investigated about, you know, everything happened after this. It was, like, a big deal, obviously. But going through it all, there were objects, like a porthole. And I'm holding my hands up to show you. It was about this big, like, maybe two and a half feet across, circum... whatever that's called. Not diameter, but... And it was kind of, like, bent and twisted. And you just think, that was... Like, whatever happened to that? And it was iron. Like, this really thick. Like, you couldn't get your hand around it. I was it looking at one on the movie when uh, Jack was uh, handcuffed to the pipe. <laughs> and he was next to a portal. And I was looking how thick it actually is. Like, and Because I, I kept thinking... It's flooding right now. If that portal um, comes inwards, he's dead. Like, yeah, as soon as that pressure would build, it would just yeah. snap it up. But it's just, it was really amazing to see some of the things and have to get your mind there. That that thing was laying in the bottom of that ocean for 75 years. And before, when they found it, it had been 75 right. years. 
So that was pretty cool. And at the beginning of it, they give you a card that is the replica of the ticket that Jack wins. Which I actually have done. Right. And you, they give you one as you walk in, and each one of them has a different real person's name on it. And it's a like an exact replica of it that tells you everything it said and why you're on the ship and what you brought with you. And then at the end of the whole tour, then you're supposed to go look at this big wall where they've put everybody's names. And there's two sections, lived and died. And you're supposed to then see if you lived or died. And I yeah. lived. How many lived? Like 770, I out, think. Out of 2,000. 2,200. Which is horrible. So, and no survivors left now. They'd be... The last person just died recently. Right. Very recently. Because so... she was nine weeks old. On the ship. Right. And she just died recently. So this movie, directed by Mr. James Cameron. Don't really need to say anything else. <laughs> James Cameron. Look, you know, you all know him. You've seen a movie. You've, I could probably, you've probably all seen a movie by him. At some point. Possibly. Um, so this Blu-ray. And you might either love them all or hate them all. Because they're all very, they've all got the same guts about them. When yeah. you think about it. You know, he's tried his hand at different things. Like True Lies, which is like an action comedy. Um... Obviously, sci-fi with Terminator and... Uh, Has he ever done anything like how Steven Spielberg's done The Terminal, for example? Like a quiet kind of... Not really, no. Completely character Apart from, like, you know, his documentary thing where, where he went under the... I guess The Abyss. Even though it's action, yeah. it's got a lot... It's a little more... Even that, though. So, this uh, Blu-ray, Titanic Limited 3D Edition, it's a four-disc set. It's got tons of extras. I just want to first say... That they've restored this movie like they have been doing recently with um, Jaws, which we saw recently, and The Wizard of Oz, which we didn't see recently, but they restored it. A 4K transfer restore. And Titanic looks like today, a movie from today. It's so crisp looks and clear. Um, you can't imagine that when you saw it, it didn't look like did, that. And then it shows you some <laughs> comparisons of the old of film. Of how it looks. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's amazing, actually, how it looks. It's one of these ones where I will... It might get my transfer of the year kind of thing. I might. Did you pause it at one point when we took a pee break, and it was one where she's really close up on the screen, and like from where we're, if you get super close to the screen, we have a like 104 inch though like projector and screen, so any flaws we would think would show up, you know. So you pause it, and her hair from our seat, which is like 10 feet away, you could see every little highlight on every piece of hair and every shadow and the different tones. Where you watch other movies and it just kind of... Yeah. But that's because they do it almost frame by frame. Unlike everything with James Cameron. He doesn't do stuff by half. No. This restore is like... And this surround sound, which is new. He's done the new surround soundtrack. You feel like you're in the ship. The groaning the of groaning the ship. The groaning is really, yeah. It's so realistic. Like, you don't expect it sometimes. And it's just like it, the ship's grumbling, basically, isn't it? It's like... It's amazing, really. It, you should see this it's um it kind of makes me afraid to go on a big ship (laughs) you're kind of trapped like a rat aren't you yeah and in the beginning where they had that one smaller ship next to it i thought i was thinking i've actually thought the whole time why don't they just have when they have a big ship just always have a little boat next to it (laughs) (laughs) like always you know a little ship that can hold the same amount of people at least at least the number of people Like, that just seems reasonable, right? To have a, two smaller ships next to you as you're going out to sea. <laughs> Sounds right. expensive, but logical. So what you get on this Blu-ray is, you get this two di- the first two discs of the 3D version of the film. You get uh, you have to tur- you have to 
put a new disk in halfway through, that's because 3D takes twice the information because it's two images. Um, but then the third disc is the Blu-ray version just of Titanic, which we watched. And for the first time ever, you can watch the whole film start to finish with no swapping of discs. Laserdisc, it was ridiculous. It was loads okay. of discs. Uh, VHS. Yeah, Titanic would, would never have been on Laserdisc. That was think, way before Titanic. I think Laserdisc was still being made in 1998. Still. They were still making Laserdiscs. There is a Laserdisc of Titanic. Um, VHS, it was two cassettes because yeah. I remember it being in a really thick box and like I was like wow you get I think that's how I did watch it the first time after I'd seen it on the theater it was on VHS right and now uh, so yeah the third disc which is the blu-ray version is actually the whole film start to finish on one disc which is great you know because you're not getting up in the middle of a movie to replace the disc it's uh well we go pee two or three times yeah but I mean we are past that surely no I mean we are past that blu-ray can hold a lot well no because the 3D, the 3D yeah. version yeah so no you're not past it but yeah, it, uh, and the Blu-ray, the third disc features three commentaries. They're all from 2005 when they did the um, 10th anniversary edition. Is that right? Mm-hmm. No. They did, in 2005, they revisited like Titanic. like 12 years. Right, and I've got, um, I my- pulled out my old DVD version of Titanic. Well, it's not an old one, but yeah, it is an old one. <laughs> it's one from... That would be like eight years. Yeah, in 2005, there was a bunch of, that must have been when that release came out. Mm-hmm. So I have the original Titanic DVD here, which um, also has the... I was checking with the extras. It's the same commentaries that are on that one. But there's three commentaries. One by the cast and crew, one by James Cameron, and one by historians. But they're included here on this Blu-ray. And then on the fourth disc, which is where all the special features are hidden... Not hidden so much, because there's a lot of them. In fact, the front of the box says that it's two and a half hours of new bonus content... Plus everything that existed before, so you get a lot. If you love this so much, yeah, it's... you'd start your morning, you'd get up first thing on a weekend morning, watch the movie, and just spend the whole... You would just eat it up, wouldn't you? Like yeah. every second of it. And I do love it, and I will... You might watching. go buy 3D TV and glasses just so you can watch I it think, again in 3D. I think that could be a seller of technology, as they say. So what you have here, and these are the new features, which you've never seen before... One of them's called Reflection on Titanic, and it's a 90-minute documentary, and it's really well put together, I thought. It's like the kind that I like. That whole thing is only 90 minutes with all four sections? Yeah, that's a 90-minute, uh, an hour and a half of start to finish. Pre, you know, the the thing that we used yeah. to know, pre-produced to... Uh, Lots of interviews with everyone except Mr. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio. doesn't... Yeah, he's not there at all, but there are... And this was made recently, and there are interviews with Kate Winslet and... James Cameron. And some would say the Kathy movie Bates. that made you who you are in terms of fame, maybe yeah. that's the thing. He is strangely missing from this disc in terms of extras. Obviously, he's in the movie, but he's, yeah, he's missing in the. She extras. seems all over it, like she's, she's. She turns up for the premiere. She thinks it's cool. She, yeah, yeah, she really does. She seems proud of being, uh, and I'm sure Leo's proud. I don't get. I don't know. Maybe he's busy. I don't know what. Or maybe it isn't. Maybe it's like, oh god. Maybe <laughs> maybe you just passed it, you know? Yeah. So you've got this whole 90-minute documentary, and it's really well put together. And it's really interesting, because they even discuss, like, the backlash of Titanic, mm-hmm. where, like, I was talking earlier the about the haters. And they show you... Yeah, they talk, they talk about everything. Um, and James Cameron is, you know... She lot- said... The ex- executive producer said, 
after the movie came out, obviously, we she said I even saw people walking down the street with a t-shirt that said, the ship, the boat sank, get over it. Yeah. And she's like, she's like you're just going to have people who you can never, ever please. Which are those people that I was getting at mm-hmm. at the beginning of this movie, uh, of this podcast. Now, the second extra, which you've never seen before either, is called Titanic, The Final Word. And it's a 90-minute interview with James Cameron, which was produced this year. So if you want to see James Cameron's retrospective on what he thinks of Titanic, just in a pure interview, that's what there was. Uh, almost worth, if you're a Titanic James sure. Cameron fan, that's a big deal. Um, and then the rest of the stuff... I think it would be hard to be married to James Cameron. His wife um, in the... Uh, she doesn't look well. She does not. In the mo- she she's in the, well she's in the movie, by the way, uh, his wife. Um, but she's not billed as... No. She's not billed as a Cameron, is she, then? I don't think so. Maybe she wasn't married, then. But anyway, now, I see her in that press. She looks anorexic. Either A, anorexic, or B, or ill. poorly, yeah. Um, but there looks something wrong to me. Well, I hope something's not wrong with her. No, hopefully not. Um, so the rest of the stuff on this Blu-ray is on the, on the DVD. And quickly, it's 30 deleted scenes, and they last for two hours if you watch them all. So that is... A movie in itself of deleted scenes. None of them look that compelling. No, but if you're a Titanic fan, I'm yeah. sure, you know, you, you'll want to watch these deleted scenes. And they've got commentary by uh, James Cameron if you want to turn it on. So the 20th anniversary, he should give make the movie and put those all back in there. Yeah, like... A, <laughs> like the, make another four or five hour movie. The long, boring version with all the parts <laughs> that he thought was too boring to leave in. Like, um, so yeah, yeah, I would like to. Sometimes I would if these thirty deleted scenes that last for two hours. That's two hours more of movie that's finished because they're good yeah. quality. You know, they're movie quality, aren't they? They weren't pixelated and stuff, were they? Or were I don't they? know. We looked at like one or two. But... Yeah, we we had seen them before, but they had they seem to be up, you know, HD now. Um, but yeah, it would be nice to see like a whole cut just of them put back in. I mean, some, a fan could do that now, right? They, sure, all the... somebody probably will. Yeah, probably. So there's 30 deleted scenes with commentary. And there's also 60 featurettes in total on here. Which will also, you know, mount up in running time. And then there's like... I think you can get a lot of repetition. like Celine Dion's music video. Mm. Uh, lots of uh, photo galleries, storyboarded stuff. It's, Gal- there's also I don't think like there's anything... Concept art. Yeah, I don't think there's anything missing. It's everything about Except for Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't know. I'd like to know the story about that. Why he's not in there, or he didn't attend the premiere of the movie when it was re-released. Well, now she didn't go to the first one. She said because she was ill. So right. maybe they made a deal. He's like, well, at least she made an one, excuse. You go to the next one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, if they ever have another one, you go to. But the I one. saw the fans holding "We Love You, Leo." Then again, if you're Leonardo DiCaprio. Every time you go out in public, it's going to be draining, isn't it? And I'm not, I'm not feeling bad for famous people, but I'm saying as, as a real human being, every time someone like him were to leave his house, particularly for an event that's all about a movie that's huge and he's involved, it's a big ordeal, isn't it? Like, it could just be like, oh, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. I can't put on maybe, you know? He's also making movies a lot, um, Leonardo. True. You know, he's, he has like... Yeah, when was it? When they released it. It was this summer. And when did Diego Hoover come out? Or, you know... Oh, that was, that was a year ago. Oh, right. But he, he's probably making something else. What yeah. I'm saying is, like, it's hard to get away from making a movie, isn't it? If you've 
contracted to. Ah, but the movie you're making, you probably wouldn't have been making if it hadn't. Yeah, been that this is one. true. So <laughs> like, maybe you should at least a, go to the premiere. It's an premier, evil you know? loop, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. You can speculate about people you don't know, but I think it would be quite crushing at times. Kate Winslet, yes. I would argue though she's not even equally as famous or as obsessed over as maybe Leonardo DiCaprio. Do you know what I mean? Where it might not be the same for her as it is for him. Hmm. So um, the Blu-ray of Titanic, the limited 3D edition, there's also a 2D edition without the 3D disc. How much is it? Um, I've seen this limited 4 disc with everything for twenty four ninety nine, which I think is actually pretty good. Because if you're a Titanic fan, this is the best you've ever seen and heard it. You also get the 3D version. Um, and all those extra I mean so many extras it might you know I have what every year like the best Blu-ray that came out that year it's really up there in terms of the whole package like it's what was last year Sucker Punch no no I think it was something that was remastered I can't remember which one it was I don't know if that was last year but that was one year for me because I mean it's impressive that you know that they took a film that old and made it uh, sound and look new um, but this one is you know if I put that DVD on you can clearly tell the difference sure so um, yeah it's a it's a 10 out of 10 for me um, I like they keep changing the cover as well it's never it's never just that one yeah it's not this iconic it's not one just thing, that poster no they have changed it the, the, it's a lot darker the, um, mm-hmm. the uh, like they make it seem very cheery almost on the mm-hmm. um, on the old DVD release and then the Blu-ray release it's all dark and kind of sinister looking well it is a picture of a sinking ship it is and but the look other at one the, is not <laughs> look at the even, it's not even the same uh, it's them near the end thing, is it? yeah so yeah that is uh, Titanic I've been waiting for it on Blu-ray for a long time now I've got it that's awesome um, there are a lot of movies uh, finally coming to Blu-ray that we've been wanting and this is one of them You do you, do you like it? mm-hmm Everything about it? Yes. Almost. <laughs> yes. So uh, thanks to Paramount for the Blu-ray. Uh, if you want to go and enter a contest, go to my page. Uh, we've got some contests. Got a new contest coming up for the movie Funky Town. Uh, that will be posted. What you take me to Funky Town? That will be posted next week. So if you want to win a copy of Funky and Town, and yes, that's what Funky Town they're talking about. Yeah, it's a, it's a set in the seventies disco era. So um, have a look at that. See it, if you're interested. Was at Cannes Film Festival. Yeah, it's got a bunch of um, awards. Well, you know, I will put the review. I will put the uh, contest up next week, and you can uh, enter. So. You can win a copy of Funky Town, and you can win a copy of High School right now, and you can also win a copy of high White school. Vengeance. What's High School? It's a um, stoner movie. Um, oh, high, high school. school. Yes. Right. Exactly. So if you're a stoner and you want a stoner movie, or if you're not a stoner and you're thinking of getting into stonism, you can get this movie. Win it. For free. It does not come with any drugs. So, um... Yeah, that's contests. Next week's Blu-ray will be review will be Lola versus, starring Greta Gerwig. Um, Lola versus. Yeah, the, the actual movie is called Lola versus, but there's a lot of words on the front yeah. cover. Um, so yeah, uh, we will be reviewing Lola versus next week. So um, watch it now, and then you don't. So get those any of you who want to keep up, yeah. 
Um, Your homework for next week, kids, is to watch Lola Versus. And uh, movie game, movie memory one, two, three. What is it? It's a game we play at this section. You can join in at home if you like. Uh, you can guess three movies based on... The mo- The game is this. I or you say to each other, name three movies with or that contain or that have or uh, that feature, whatever. And this week it's my turn and I'm going to say three movies that have a rich slash poor love story. Ugh. And the Titanic. You can't choose Titanic. I know three. Yeah, I bet you do. This is your thinking music. I thought that was the theme tune to one of them. That's putting me off slightly. (laughs) (laughs) Rich Paul Love Story. I'm drawing a blank completely. Complete Arthur. She's poor, he's rich. Right, I wouldn't have thought of that. Overboard. He's poor, she's rich. I wouldn't have thought of that. And number three... Oh my god, I forgot my third one. There's another one. There's a lot of them. What kind of game is this? <laughs> you don't even know your third answer. <laughs> oh, my fair lady. She's poor. He's rich. She falls in love. He falls yeah. in love with her. Yeah. But Arthur and Overboard are two of the most obvious. They are, but I wouldn't have thought of them at all. Now, like, now yeah. you say it, but I would never have thought of them. All right, so I lose. So, <laughs> mo- movie recommendations this week. I'm going with uh, two James Cameron movies. One that I haven't actually seen, but I need to see after seeing Titanic. The first one's The Abyss, because I think out of all of James Cameron's films, The Abyss takes like a backseat in some way, and people don't give it the credit that it deserves. Like, I think it's an excellent movie. I'm not sure if it's excellent. I need to see it again. It's excellent in, if you like James Cameron... It shows, you know, this technology involved. It's a great-looking movie. I think it's a really interesting concept, too. So The Abyss is my first one. And the second one is Ghosts of the Abyss, which is his documentary. uh, It is not a sequel to The Abyss. No, it's not. (laughs) It's when he was in his underwater uh, phase. I think it was... Was it before or after Titanic? It might have been before. Like, he was interested in looking on... I remember what he said. He was interested in oceanography and looking at shipwrecks and stuff with the technology involved. I think it was before because he said he got fascinated in 87 when they actually discovered the ship. Right, so he, so he's, it's a whole film investigating. I don't. It's not the Titanic specifically, but it's shipwrecks um, with these, this camera technology that's kind of showcased a little bit in the movie Titanic at the beginning. Um, so yeah, I've not seen it. I am going to see it because, uh, you know, it's James Cameron. And I wasn't aware of it. Now I can. Now you can see it. My recommendations are because last night you treated us, our little family, my nephew and myself and you, with Men in Black Three, and I'm going to say Men in Black, Men in Black Two, and Men in Black Three because it has nothing to do with Titanic. However, this is one of those intangible things. I have no idea why, but I absolutely freaking love them. I love them. I love not every single thing about them. There's some dodgy CGI in every single one of them. However, I am completely sucked in to every single... And this one was... The, number three was even, like... Had a lot more personality. Like, they, it was like, let's just make... Let's not just make, like, a stupid alien funny thing. It's, like, really some kind of 
real stuff in there. I'm some really impressed. Yeah, Sen- more than there sentiment. had been. Sentiment. Yeah, and kind of deep sentimentality yeah. there when you get to it. So I, I say, watch. A character who can see everything at once. Oh my god. It's like the best character ever. It's freaking ever. awesome. I mean, that's really Like every awesome. outcome every, to everything. Every dimension of every... Yeah, he's Griffin. He's amazing. So yeah. I would even watch all three right in a row. I would just rent them all or get them all and just sit down and enjoy six hours of Men in Black fun. And um, Brolin. Oh my god, amazing. Brolin Absolutely plays amazing. the young Tommy Lee Jones Josh in, Brolin. in the third one. And uh, it's like the best impression. It's like an impressionistic, and you're just, I'm just like, what I was thinking was, did they have Tommy Lee Jones do the scene himself, and then Josh Brolin watches, and then, because almost like that, it's almost that detailed. But then again, the Josh Brolin, the younger version of K is happier and he hasn't got the weight of what he knows the rest of his life so it was amazing when he first started I'm like did they CGI some of his faces I think there were moments where they might have done a little bit of I don't know CGI I just over think he's an amazing like it's mannerisms it's an exactly. impression it's an actual it's an impersonator he's like an impersonator of him and every, it's not just his face and his voice which is perfect by the way it's everything. The moves. He shakes his head. The way he, everything's yeah. amazing. And then when he when he keeps saying like oh, that hasn't actually happened, like about him being like fully yeah. grouchy, like What's he's not happened? fully grouchy yet. Yeah, he's not got that yet. Now Will Smith, they always write him in with lots of little funny things, which I get. I understand. You got to lighten it up every once in a while. I could do without some of those, but even that I forgive because I am compelled beyond description of an of an earth of a world or of a universe where we do know the existence of thousands and millions of other life forms and are interacting with them at all times and yet it's a secret and no one in the world knows i just i love it i don't care how hokey it is or how many holes are in it i don't give a shit if you want to tell me everything that's wrong with them i don't even care it actually when i was watching this new one and it obviously has some similarities it reminded me of a very high budget version of doctor who like a really su- yeah. super... Because I mean, it involves time travel. That's not where it stops, though. No, no. Because Doctor, Who, Doctor Who's got this cheesiness about it. A little bit of cheesiness, but always with a bit of depth. And so is Men in Black. And it, if you, I think if you like one, you'd like the other. Because like the latest episode of Doctor Who yep. we just watched. Absolutely. It's like a comedy, but it's an adventure. And, and it's, it's always got, got the right combination. It's got some CG in it. Um, and that's how I see Men in Black. And when I was watching Men in Black, I was like... This is why I like this because I like Doctor Who. You could have Who. the TARDIS landing at any time. Yeah, it doesn't. Wouldn't it be funny if you went and found out that somewhere in every Men in Black there's like a little TARDIS somewhere? There should somebody... be <laughs> if there isn't. So yeah, that's Men in Black three. Uh, all three of them. I say just smash them all together, and I hope they make another one. Uh, Jermaine St. Clement's bad guy. Yeah, it's so good. What I really liked about it because I in mean Black... he's basically CGI all the time because he's falling apart. But Men in Black's supposed to be tongue in cheek. And Jay, um, it's from Flight of the Concords, and he plays the baddie. Um, what I like about his performance is you don't know whether to be scared of him or laugh at him, but that works perfectly, like in this, because it's supposed to be silly slightly. I was mostly scared of him. He was yeah, but he's horrific. also kind of like. Like, I see Jermaine saying. You know, I know it's him. I didn't know it was him. I mean, I knew it was him immediately. I didn't. Like, 
So, because I was just trying to think, is that like one of the Rolling Stones guys, or is that somebody, somebody else? I couldn't figure out who it was. You know, but it's the performance <laughs> of it. And I don't know why I thought it was a Rolling Stone. I have no idea. Keith Richards. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really fun. Yeah, it's a fun movie. I mean, it's not brain. No, it's just a you know have a have a laugh for a couple of hours. That kind of movie. Um, so yeah. So, games and Ace Scully stuff this week. I have been playing a little game, or a game that I didn't intend on playing, really, called Guild Wars 2. Now, I did play Guild Wars um, five years ago, maybe longer. Um, now, I'm not really into these massively multiplayer online role-playing play, games. Rolling player games. That's the Rolling Stones coming back. Um, because, like, I've never got into World of Warcraft, mainly because you have to pay every single month to play it. And I sometimes think, well, what happens if I don't play that month? And I'm still paying. I don't... Do you mean, like, I pay for a year membership at the YMCA, and I don't go yeah, sometimes that, that, for a whole month? Of, <laughs> and then you feel like, fudge, yeah, that I've kind just of wasted a, my monthly prescription or whatever subscription. That kind of thing kind of irks me, especially with a game where I might be playing another game, and then I'm always in the back of my mind thinking, well, I'm paying for that game. Why am I not playing that game? And so it kind of puts pressure on you to play that game. Yeah. So I hate that. It kind of so it's just so what that model does to me is I go well, I'm not playing World of Warcraft ever. I just will never play it because of that. So what Guild Wars has done, and Guild Wars Two is a massively multiplayer online, very similar to World of Warcraft. It's just newer, so it obviously has better graphics and they've changed a lot of things about it. They've took the World of Warcraft idea and gone a bit further with it. Now what's great about it is you buy the game and there's no monthly fee. You, you just buy the game and there's your game. You play the game for as long as you like. Now, when they do an expansion pack, you'll buy an expansion pack. But the expansion pack will be as much content as the original game. So it will be worth it. It's like, if you like Guild Wars, it's like buying another Guild Wars at the time. And it'll probably be in a year's time when there's a new pack. Can you buy things along the way? You can, but things. it's very unnecessary. Because how it works is there's gems in the game. Now, you buy stuff with gems... Now, there's two ways of getting gems. In the game, you earn gold when you kill something or when you open a chest or whatever. You earn this gold, and this gold racks up, and you get a bunch of gold. Now, there's a stock exchange in the game where you turn up there, and it says, here are gems. Do you want to buy them with real money, or do you want to convert your gold into gems to spend in our store? Now, there's a, a currency, and it shows you what it is by the hour, depending on the economy of the game, selling items, etc. So you can... Take all your money that you've earned and cash them in for gems and then buy the items that you would normally pay money for. Or you can just pay money. You can just put $10 in and have $10 worth of gems. So, no, you don't never have to pay any money because if you earn enough gold, you can cash it in for gems and then use the gems. Because you also make real money. No, it's not not Diablo. Diablo you can make real oh, money. Oh, Diablo's the one. This one, you can't make real money. Where so you sold something recently in something. In Diablo. Oh, okay. I sold a rare item and got... 20 bucks for it actually but no this doesn't have okay, okay. but you can earn in-game money convert it to gems spend gems in their store and the gems are worth dollars right so if I, if I make a thousand gold a thousand money in the game and then convert that to gems it might give me twenty dollars worth of gems to spend in the store on different things that they sell so no you don't have to buy anything ever because you can just convert the money if you want to, you can. Like, like you have a bag in the game where you collect stuff. So when you're running around the world and killing things and you're picking stuff up, 
you have a certain amount of slots in a bag that you can fill. Now, you can then go and empty the bag and then start collecting stuff again, or you can buy bigger bags. Right. Now, the bigger bags are bought with gems. So at the beginning of the game, it's kind of tempting to spend another 10 bucks to make your bag bigger, because then you don't have to keep going back to town all the time. So I can see that there are places where they limit you a little bit to get some money. But it's not necessary, because you could just make a lot of gold and buy the new bag. Or make the new bag yourself, because there's crafting in the game. Right. So you can collect stuff and then make a bag. If you, you know, so it's special. just down to, if you love playing it, you're it's just you going to play. play it. Right. And that's how you're going to earn everything. If you love just, like me with The Sims, I want free money so I can just build everything right away. I don't want to wait. Right. So I guess that's the difference. So if you love playing, you, your purchase of the game's enough. You can play forever, go out for a few hours with your friends, make some money, come back, spend it on, on stuff. If you're one of the kind of player who's like, no, I've got to get to the top the quickest, well then spend some money, right? They're not so telling you... it can you benefit you by spending money. Uh, you can buy XP multipliers. Like cheat, like cheating. Well, they, they do an XP multiplier, and you buy it for a few dollars, and then you double-click it, and then for an hour, you get double XP when you're fighting monsters. So you can get higher level quicker. It doesn't really give you an advantage. It just gets you to the top quicker. It doesn't make... Because you're not bad. fighting each other. Okay, okay. You're fighting the world. It's just... Some people like to say... Because it goes to level 80. And yeah. The same in Warcraft. I'm a level 80. But at level 80, you can also can beat things easier and... Right. But you haven't necessarily earned no, all the money. Because the, the game scales to your level, so you always get a challenge. You get level 80 monsters if you're a level 80 character. So it's kind of the same as being a level 1, fighting oh, okay. a level 1 monster. So they scale everything up and down. So it's never easy. And getting to 80 doesn't make it easy. It just means... There are new things available for you at 80. Because 80 is when you stop earning XP. You're the top level. But there are new things that open up, like dungeons that are only for level 80 people. Oh, yeah. So people want to get to 80 to get into those dungeons. Um, so yeah, it's a massively multiplayer game. You buy it once, it's on the PC. You play it forever. It's not a subscription fee. That's the way to go, in my opinion. And it's also not the kind of game where they stuff in these microtransactions down your neck. Because they, they never ask you ever, do you want to buy something? You have to kind of seek it out if you want to buy something. It doesn't pop up and say, do you realise you can buy a new slot for your bag? It never says that. You have to kind of look and go, oh, how do I make a bigger bag? And then when you click, it says, like, you can buy another bag here. So they don't force anything in your face, which I really like. I appreciate that, because these Facebook games and stuff, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm being... Like, I want to play your game, but sh- leave me alone. But I want to play for free. Well, no, I want to play your game, but I don't want to tell my friends that I'm playing this game, and I don't want to invite them all to play this game, because they just get pissed Except off. Except for Song Pop, or whatever Except it's called. for that new game, Song Pop, that we play. <laughs> you love that one. I just like, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty good with music for some reason. Like, I, I retain... It's basically name that tune. I retain lyrics. If people don't know what it is. It's, okay, you get a song, and you have to guess what it is as fast as you possibly can. It's on can. Facebook. So you might be able to get it in, like, the very... In a, I can get a lot of them in 1.1 seconds, yeah. 1.2 seconds, but some of them take me six seconds, because I'm like, is that Bon Jovi, or is that Billy Idol, or whatever? And after a while, you just get really good at it. So, um, yeah, Song Pop. It's on Facebook, but I mainly play it on my tablet. It's on, also on iPhone and tablet. Um... The second thing I want to mention this week is Nintendo had the big press conference this week and they announced that Wii U will be releasing on November the 18th, 2012 in, the North, in North America. And there will be two models. 
There's a white Wii U, which um, comes with the screen control pad thing. Whatever you, I don't even know what you call that. The tablet pad, the controller. Uh, and that's $299 with no games. And then there's the premium Wii U, which is a black console instead of a white one. And that's $349, and that comes with a game. So for $50 extra, it's a Nintendo Land, which is like like a Wii Sports, like a load of mini games. But didn't the first one come with Wii Sports? It did. Built in or No, extra? not built in. It was on a disc in the box. No, I mean, it came with it, though. It wasn't additional money. No, it wasn't additional money. Right, so this time they're trying to add money onto the same concept. Well, I, if I was buying one, which I'm actually not going to until some games come out that I like... I would buy the premium model because it has 32 gigabytes of memory inside it, whereas this, the 299 one has eight, and it's fifty dollars more. Plus, you get a game, which would be fifty dollars to buy anyway. It doesn't make any sense to sell it for 299 with nothing to play. There's nothing to play, and there's less memory. Um, yeah, and there's some other things missing from the cheaper one as well. Like, there's a stand that you put the controller on to charge it. Well, the stand doesn't come in the cheap one, but it comes in the other one, which I think you'd want. Like, it's a, you know, like a mm-hmm. docked, but you... Um, I don't get it. I think they just want a cheaper one to sell. Like, when, when the mum and dads come in and go, oh, two ninety nine versus, you know, we'll buy the cheap one. But still, you've got to buy a game. There again, wouldn't they be the customer who doesn't want Nintendo and wants to choose a different game sure. instead? But the big memory difference and the fact that the consoles are different colours. Because want, I'd want a black console. I don't really want a white one. So I couldn't buy that cheaper one anyway because that one's white, right? You I'd could. Have, well, I could, but I'd like a black one that blends in instead of, you know. But anyway, it's been released 18th of November. Pre-orders are already completely sold out. Amazon are not stocking it at all. Which is really weird. And I'm not sure why. I, I asked them on their chat. They said we're not stocking it. I don't know why. They don't stock the 3DS either, Amazon. Which is really weird. They must have had some kind of fallout with Nintendo. Or... Just get make a deal. Yeah, something weird. But uh, GameStop, I've took pre-orders already and they're all... You can't get another... You can't get a pre-order in. Best Buy have also filled the pre-orders. So if you want one for Christmas, it's going to be very difficult. Even now, one day after it's been announced. Yeah, but you said you can't pre-order at Walmart and they're going to have them. Uh, Walmart have started doing online pre-orders that are already done. I already figured sold they would. Out. Yeah. Um, it's going to be like, from what I've been hearing, especially on the gaming forums, a lot of people have pre-ordered them just to sell them on I eBay. I know, but that always happens. And then what happened last time? It fizzled out. Nobody that's gave a shit. What, Nobody... I'm say- what I'm saying is that's a good thing. They'll buy them, they'll put them on eBay. Nobody will yeah. buy the inflated price. And then they're going to have to sell them at the normal price if they want the money back. And then you'll just be able to get one. They'll just all be on eBay, right? Instead of in the yeah. shops, because th- that won't work. They'll they'll say, "Oh yeah, seven hundred dollars if you want one of these." Somebody might buy one. Somebody, right? like some rich guy who's like, "Oh, I've got to have one and buy this one." But eventually, there'll be hundreds of them on eBay, and they'll all have to drop the prices unless they just. I mean, they're making. They they don't say. I imagine they're making a lot, but not too much because who knows, right? It might fail. Hmm. It's a new console. There hasn't been a new console for a long time, right? Um, it's interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. I have no interest myself right now. Because there's no Zelda, which is... I'd probably buy it. If no it Mario. There is a Mario, but it's the 2D side-scrolling... It's, In fact, it's coming on the 3DS as well, the same one. So, 
that doesn't really interest me. It's like a new 3D Mario or a new 3D Zelda in high definition. That's actually right on my street, but there is none of that at launch. I'm sure they will. You don't will mean be. 3D like people think. No, 3D I mean, um, yeah, like uh, not flat. Yeah. Like uh, the, you know. I'd be interested in either of those, but I'm sure they're coming next year, right? Because they haven't got them ready yet. A Zelda, especially. But, um, yeah, so it's out, it's out this um, Christmas time. Uh, and this Tuesday, coming up, Borderlands 2 comes out, which is a massive first person shooter on the 360. Last two years, three years ago, Borderlands came out. It's an amazing game. I've played through it three or four times, actually. Borderlands 2 comes out this Tuesday. And then from this Tuesday onwards, it's gaming season. Um, holiday, Need for Speed, Assassin's Creed, all those games all come out in the next few, you know, month. So, uh, yeah, that's it for Gaming Talk. What's the Gaming Talk this week? Sid Talk, what's for dinner? For dinner is, I was at Hy-Vee, and the lady who does some of the part-time ordering for the health food section was came right up to me and said, Are you, do you need any help finding anything? And I said, well, no, I'm just looking. I try to get something new every week. It's a movie day, and I explained that quickly to her. And she's like, well, that's cool. And I said, I'm looking for maybe something different. And I explained to her how the corn products were so expensive, and the Morningstar is, but sometimes they're on sale, and we had a little conversation. And then I saw these... Live Smart or Smart Life. Smart like Life, that. yeah. Smart Life veggie burgers, and one of them was like a mushroom flavor. And so I got that in the middle of the discussion. They're in a bag, which is interesting, mm-hmm. instead of a box. And I got some hash browns that were on sale with onions and peppers. And I'm going to make some stir fry vegetables, broccoli, carrot, cauliflower, etc. And some leftover apple crumble that I made the other day for dessert. That's it. And what's your advice for this week to the viewing public, listening public? Yeah, because I can talk about our trip next time. I'll have a whole thing right. about it. And um, that'll be that'll be after I've gone back to work for a week and then have a, you know, because I've been off work for so long. It's like, hmm, it ends tomorrow morning at 7. I'll be back at work. My advice is, think about, it's not really advice, is it? It's just commentary. Too much money. Having too much money. Too much. Yes, you can. You mean like like, uh, like Walt from Breaking Bad? I don't Bad. know. That kind Just of too much money. It's like vulgar and selfish. It also can be like ins- inspired because you have the opportunity to help other people or to like maybe make the world better. Somehow you've obtained a lot more money than you will ever need to live even live comfortably in this life. And now you have the opportunity for people who can't or don't or whatever reason to kind of... So it could be that. Having not enough money, right? It can be horrible. It can be, like, devastating. It can be deadly because if you live in a place where not having money causes whatever cultural reasons for crime and... You know what I mean? Like, it can be horrible. It can also be, like, sublime to be really poor in your life in a situation where it's not dangerous for you it can be like a view of the of life where you appreciate things a whole lot more and so as you do maybe move into a place where you balance out you know you you appreciate it more because you really had nothing you know there were times in my life when i had three dollars in a week for food bus fare no money for grocery no money for like laundry to do my laundry that was it you know, okay, I have 
10 days before I'm going to get any more money. And I'm not around, I'm a thousand miles from any family or friends. <laughs> wow, do I survive on $3 for the next, you know, I mean, that kind of time where then it makes you later when you go, wow, I've got, you know, $1,000 in my bank account. Wow, I remember what it was like when I didn't have it. So you kind of learn to appreciate it. But then the thing is, when you have, like, just an, enough money, it's kind of boring. It's a little neutral and comfortable. And I haven't decided if that's good or bad. Because I think I have enough money. I have a little bit more than I need. A little bit. It's a little bit boring sometimes. I can't go way out and help loads of people or do anything with the little bit of extra. And yet, I'm not... I don't struggle from month to month or from paycheck to paycheck to go, oh my God, I don't have my $900 mortgage payment. I don't have my $30 phone bill. And I don't, you know, I don't have that anymore. I like leveled out with a little bit extra and it's kind of like, um, so you should be like, I should be grateful and glad that I've worked to that. And yet it's like a little bit blase. So it's more of a commentary. I don't really have advice. And finally, your mum broke a leg. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Just quickly, she your she mother, slipped on a curb. She? Seventy-one. She turned seventy-one just last week, and she was running in the rain. Slipped on a curb, banged her knee or the front of her shin. On now, we all know how, how horrible it hurts to get kicked in the shin anyway. But she banged it on the curb, and now is laying in bed waiting for to go for the swelling to go down. And then she's got one of those. Thing she said, like the splint with the Velcro wrap and the rod, but she'll be going to the doctor on Monday to uh, see about what'll have to. She seems to think she's going to have an operation of some kind, but I don't know. I think they'll cast it and she'll. I don't think they do that all the time. I think you're living by in the past. Mm. I don't think everybody with a broken bone now gets a cast. Just give you an operation. I think it depends. Like, I mean, it has to what's... heal. Yeah, but an operation as in go in and put a pin and then you're um, then you wear one of those boot things. They don't they don't cast every broken bone anymore, I don't think. But yes, so we'll see how that will let it will get you update next week on that. Alright, so thanks for listening to the show. I want to remind you about our websites, ascoli.com, sidtar.com, that's mine and yours. And ours. Uh, you can catch us on Twitter. We don't have an hours. You well, have a yours and I have a mine. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube. You can catch this uh, podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, or go to the RSS feed on com and subscribe. Email feedback to me at com. Don't email Sid Talk. She couldn't care less about anything you say. That isn't true. And finally, stay classy. Mr. James Cameron and Titanic, and I don't care what anybody says, it's an amazing movie. The Blu-ray is well worth seeing if you've got the means to see it. In you can finally see it on a big screen in the home, surround sound, awesome. Or on a small screen, doesn't matter, right? It's still good. I think the bigger the better for Titanic. See it as big as you can. Yeah, but if you can't, then it doesn't matter. If you can't, don't. So if you've got a ten inch TV, watch it on that. Just watch it anyway. Watch it really close. And I'm gonna say think for yourself, because if you don't do it, someone will do it for you. 